Beer and Honey, the German football pod. Beer and Honey, the German football pod. Today, Schalke spoiled Dortmund's derby dreams with a 2-2 draw. Bayern beat Augsburg 5-3 in the Bavarian derby. And it's all change at the bottom. All of this and more in Beer and Honey. Hello, dear listener. I am Raphael Honigstein. And I am Christoph Biermann. And we welcome you to today's edition of Beer and Honey, looking back at match day 24 of the Bundesliga and also looking slightly ahead of what's happening in midweek in Europe. Uh, lots to talk about, but first, your weekly reminder please do support us if you can. We need supporters, we need members. Come and sign up at steadyhq.com slash en slash beer and honey. You can become a fully paid up supporters, which we'd very much welcome. But if you can't quite take the plunge, then there is also a trial membership. If you want to first dip a toe into the muddy waters of beer and honey, but muddy in a nice way because it tastes good, quite sweet. Um, we hope. Next week, we'll have another announcement for a new tier of membership. Uh, please listen out for that with a special, very special little package that uh, we're working on. But let's get to the football. Yes, yes, yes. Here we go. Christoph, we start on Friday night where you went to Cologne. Cologne, a place where they always love to sing and dance and celebrate themselves even when things are not going so well. And on this occasion, they didn't go that well because VfL Bochum, yes, your beloved VfL Bochum, won 2-0 in Köln. How was it? Um, it was cold um, and fantastic uh, from from my point of view. Uh, not so much uh, for the um, about forty five thousand Cologne supporters, but uh, because um, actually um, Cologne didn't score in six of their last seven games, and and slowly they sliding closer to the relegation zone. So there are. Um, some concerns uh, there at Cologne, but uh, yes, I mean, for, for Bochum, it was a big, big, big win uh, because the trend was um, uh, uh, problematic, uh, to say the least. That lost the last four games, didn't score, conceded 10 goals and so on, lost the derby against Schalke, and now um, they had a 2-0 win. <laughs> they got the... First penalty of the season. Um, I mean, they conceded 12 already. Uh, that the second highest number in the history of the Bundesliga. Uh, only mighty Hanover 96 produced, uh, I think, 17 um, penalties against them sometime in the 80s. And um, not so much a fox in the box as a schmocks in the box. <laughs> yes. So very clumsy in the, in the box uh, normally. Uh, but this time they, they got an early penalty and, and later on scored after um, a free kick. And uh, uh, so, yeah, it was a, a very, very um, important win and also a, a decent performance. Um, and when you look at the other results um, in the in the Tabellenkeller, so in the basement of the Bundesliga, 
Um, you can say that uh, Bochum were the winners uh, of this weekend, um, and uh, and and we also have a loser of the weekend in the Tabellenkeller. Yeah, before we come to that, though, we should say, as you said, that uh, Bochum, with that win, managed to climb up to 14th and temporary, temporarily in a safe spot. It just shows how quickly things change because uh, you can be bottom uh, one week and then safe the next. So this is threatening to go down the wire, which, of course, as neutrals, we absolutely love. Um, but before we move on, Christoph, I think you need to explain to our listeners or indeed show our viewers on YouTube what you came home with um, to the victors, the spoils, as they say. And you came back as a far for Bochum supporter from Cologne with a bit of, um, can we call it silverware? I'm not sure, but it is a, it is a trophy of sorts. Yeah, it's, it's a medal. Um, it's a medal um, that um, uh, uh, Cologne's board gives to the, uh, to the visitors. And um, fortunately, I know somebody of the board at FC Cologne and of the management, and I said hello before the match. Um, and they they were so kind to provide me this. It's a kind of mock medal. So so in carnival there is um, so so a lot of the carnival tradition in Cologne is is mock military, and uh, and also you you have this uh, kind of uh, mock medals and. Uh, Uh, obviously, they they um, uh, produces for produce this uh, kind of stuff for their home games, and I, I think it's very nice. Uh, not not only because of the win, uh, from my perspective, but 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 in general. And again, it was, I mean, it was terrific to be in a, in in the Cologne Stadium after a while, because uh, as you said, the atmosphere there is great. A lot of singing, a lot of carnival songs, and um, as I've been living in Cologne for over 20 years, um, I yeah, it it has a place in my heart. Mm. And um, they they love to wear these like mock uniforms, and I think that's. I understand that's where the phrase full metal jacket comes from. <laughs> But uh, in any case, in any case, this was a great win for Bochum and Thomas Lech after, what was it, four defeats in a row before? Yeah. They had suffered. But where there's a winner, there's also a loser. And you alluded to this, um, Teske Hoffenheim. Uh, not perhaps our favorite little club here on this pod. Uh, unfairly maligned or maybe unfairly ignored, but certainly not having a great season. They lost 2-1 on Sunday against Freiburg. It wasn't the greatest of games. There was also a uh, second yellow card for Kabak. But Freiburg recovered from their defeat against Juventus. I don't know if you saw the game on Thursday night, uh, Christoph. I actually did. Freiburg were a little bit nah, disappointing, but in the Bundesliga, they know how to get the job done. But Hoffenheim are bottom of the table now with 19 points. Is this the end of uh, the plucky little upstarts who came to the Bundesliga in 2008 and might be going down at last? Um, uh, as we know from the Bochum story, big depression one, one uh, week ago with the home defeat against uh, Schalke. Now an away win, it's uh, 
actually not the end for Hoffenheim. And I, I, I think they had a very decent performance. And I think when, uh, so, so I, I found their pressing improved. Um, uh, they, they gave Freiburg really a hard time. You could see that they were tired from their trip to Italy and also to have this match against, uh, Hoffenheim being switched, uh, in a week where you play one Thursday against at Juventus and then at home to Juventus. So in a way, uh, probably apart from the German Cup final last year, the biggest game in the history of, of, of the club. So um, uh, Hoffenheim took a lot of, of advantage to it. and but, but you mentioned the sending off. They were one man down. And after 84, 85 minutes and four minutes later, they conceded uh, the second goal. And then they had two big chances uh, later on before the end of the match. And I, I think it's um, I think they have now seven defeats in a row. That is uh, alarming. They already changed their manager. They haven't won in 14 games. So that are actually really depressing numbers and um, and to have a decent performance and don't get anything out of it when, when you're in the in the tabellen keller in the basement of the table that are uh, uh, bad signs seven defeats in a row that is one of the worst bundesliga records since gute freunde kann niemand trennen <laughs> but <laughs> Um, not looking, not looking great for for the Hof. Um, not so much looking for freedom, but looking for relegation and Bundesliga too. Uh, before we move on to Sonia climbs, a word uh, on our friends from Stuttgart. They got a very decent result away to Frankfurt, a Frankfurt side that, in the words of Oliver Glasner, just lacked a little bit of confidence at the moment and don't play the kind of football that we've seen from them in the past. Uh, they were leading 1-0, but Stuttgart very late on came back with a goal from Silas to get a 1-1 draw. And suddenly Stuttgart look as if they're a little bit alive still. Would that be... Too optimistic, or I still think that Stuttgart has the best team uh, of of these five, and uh, but they need to get results, and they got one with this point um, in Frankfurt. Uh, a, a very dull game um, overall uh, over the ninety minutes, but uh, nobody at Stuttgart will complain. They haven't won a lot of points away from home, so that is encouraging for them. So. Yeah, a very, very good uh, result that will, will help them. And I think when we will be talking about the uh, things uh, at this end of the table, uh, maybe the same is not true for Hertha, who also get a draw, also get a 1-1. But at home uh, against uh, Mainz, uh, we mentioned them last week. Uh, the Last week, they were the second best uh, team of the Rückrunde, so the be uh, second best team from the uh, second part of the season. Um, and um, <clears throat> and but but I think 
Um, this one-one also after being one-nil up um, is 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 not really really helping Hertha because also an aspect um, is uh, that they have um, two home games more already than some of their competitors. Um, and they are also like Bochum and like Stuttgart are not, not very good on the road. Um, so um, they actually need to win home games um, if they want to stay in the Bundesliga. Yeah, it felt very much like a little defeat rather than a point uh, one, especially after they took the lead so early in the 18th minutes from that penalty from Ngan Kam. But then the equaliser, a wonderful goal from Ajok. Is that the right pronunciation? Ludovic Ajok. We, I think we have to talk about him. Um, because yeah, about because he, he looks fantastic. I was thinking if, if, you, if you would bring Chinggis Khan together, you know, the, the, German, <laughs> the very famous German band, I think he could be the lead singer with, with, the, with, with his style. I don't know what you think. I don't know. We, we don't know if he can sing, but, but I, I, I don't know if, if this guy at, at Chinggis Khan could sing, but uh, actually he looks like. Um, yeah, you can see him sort of as a kind of a Mongolian uh, warrior on a horse. But he, he plays good football yeah. as well. And that goal was, was quite beautiful. Yeah, and only his second um, after coming to Mainz. Um, but um, I mean, they, uh, Mainz played by their standards um, a lot of money for him or decent money for him. They paid uh, six million to. Uh, Racing Strasbourg in in winter and uh, and and he looks like yeah he he looks like a a, a special force um, in their uh, uh, attack uh, he he brings an an element to it that they uh, probably were lacking he's tall he he can hold the ball um, up front and and he. When, and now we see that he can score goals. So um, maybe we talk, we have to talk a bit more about him in, in weeks to come. Okay, I'm, I'm definitely up for that. Uh, but enough of this build-up. Let's really go where it hurts. Let's go into those areas where things happen. And of course, the game of the week was the Revere Derby. Schalke taking on Dortmund. Now, it wasn't quite... Perhaps the same classic as that famous 4-4 when Dortmund were 4-0 up and Schalke equalized in the last minute. Perhaps also not quite as seismic as that 3-3. Jürgen Klopp's first derby when he was 3-0 down and Dortmund came back to equalize. But it still felt very important. And it felt important because twice Schalke came back to rescue a draw which looks like a much better result for them than for Dortmund. And once more, we saw real signs of improvement in the Schalke team. They are hard to beat now. So it was an anniversary that uh, 100th time that Schalke and Dortmund were playing each other in the Bundesliga. And you're right, Schalke now looks like a tough team to beat. No doubt about it that Borussia was a better team. They uh, created the better chances and and so on. Um, but uh, as you said, they were uh, twice one goal up and uh, didn't manage to win it. And that also had to do with the willpower. I, I would say that uh, Schalke is showing the resilience, this 
and the belief that they now have and and i think it's uh, that is very important that yeah i mean they they are undefeated in the second ha uh, part of the season there are only two teams undefeated in the bundesliga that is schalke and dortmund and um yeah it's uh, one of these Uh, magic turnarounds that are uh, so rare in, in, in football that you could, could see at Schalke. And now um, it, it feels almost, um, I mean, like some weeks ago, nobody could imagine that they would really have a chance uh, to, to stay in the Bundesliga. But now it's... Um, It's almost difficult to imagine how they can go down. Yeah, I think you're right. The momentum and sentiment has really changed. You almost think now that Schalke will will find a way, whereas they they looked all but written off um, before the restart after the winter break. It still feels like a very bad week for Dortmund. They got knocked out in the Champions League by Chelsea after a pretty meek performance. And... It was the derby, so we shouldn't be too hasty and too harsh on them. You can sort of perhaps not quite play to your best and the opposition make it always difficult for you, maybe more so than other games. But the inability to get this ninth win in the Bundesliga over the line still was a bit reminiscent of earlier problems that we used to associate with this team. Uh, just a little bit of lack of focus, just a little bit of lack of savvy it just felt like a, a bit of an anticlimax after the recent results and form no yes you're shaking your head no, no, no. I, i i would slightly disagree it's um what you can can see is um um there were important players missing um uh with uh, julian brandt uh, Also, Adeyemi was still not in. Marco Reus was missing, and Gregor Kobel in in goal. Um, and I, I think overall they had many good situations. Uh, Terzic had a very good idea uh, to uh, with a new position for Rafael Guerrero. So, so he was somewhere in the offensive part of 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 the um, of the pitch at least, and I think he played very well. And um, yeah, and and then it, it it was more like it is sometimes. Uh, you, you you don't man. They created good chances. They had some good combination and and so on. Then they they were lacking concentration on that uh, end of the pitch, and um, and they, I mean, Schalke scored a. Uh, the the equalizer the second equalizer from a simple cross where Julian Rierson was 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 uh, for a second not uh, not fully concentrated and that was enough and um, so uh, yeah I I think uh, from the Borussia uh, team or uh, um, supporters and everybody they they went home frustrated for not winning it. Um, But I, I, I didn't really see the ills um, of the past that we, we have been talking about. I think it was more a, a bit like the, this uh, Chelsea, uh, Chelsea uh, thing. It was more, yeah, uh, stuff that can happen in football. <laughs> 
Let me put it this way. Well, the stuff that happened on Saturday meant that Dortmund lost a little bit of ground in the race for the title because Bayern uh, earlier that day beat Augsburg 5-3. It was quite a wild game. I don't know, Christoph, if you had a chance of seeing it, but Augsburg took the lead after only three minutes. Megan Berisha taking advantage of some sloppy defending from Bayern. And then Bayern came back really, really strong, scored four goals. Cancelo and Pavar with a double. And then Leroy Sané, who had a good game. Um, and then Berisha scored another one. And then it was one from Davis. And then right at the end, uh, Cardona got one for Augsburg. So uh, a game that showed how once again, how deep Bayern's benches because Nagelsmann made, I think, five changes. And going forward, you didn't lose any of the potency. Perhaps Bayern actually, also to do with the opposition and the quality, of course, uh, created lots and lots of chances and could have scored lots of goals. But defensively, they were a little bit yeah, sloppy and unfocused. And it was one of those games where... Uh, we've seen that uh, that uh, Bayern are so eager to score goals and have so many attacking players that perhaps the balance isn't isn't quite there. But uh, what did you take from from this win, if anything, for for Bayern and uh, what it means for the title race? Um, yeah, if we if we see the combination now with uh, um, Dortmund losing uh, two points at Schalke and. Um, uh, Bayern more or less easily winning uh, against Augsburg with the problems, uh, with the highs and lows you were, were, were talking about. If um, Borussia Dortmund is not uh, f playing one, 100%, they can easily drop points. And uh, But Bayern is playing like 90%. They very mostly will win it and and probably this Augsburg game was one of these 90% or 85% games or ho however you would judge it and um, so there is this there is no doubt about this quality gap and when Borussia Dortmund has some players missing and um, because of injuries and and, and so on um, it's uh, uh, it can happen that they drop these points. And so, um, yeah, in the end, it will com come as we, um, as we said a million times before, <laughs> that the next champion will be the, the same and the last champion. Uh, I think that's a bit too, I think that's a bit too hasty. Okay, because we, we, we because we have this game on the first of April, um, the big one in Munich when Borussia is um, going there after the international break, and and more than that, and we have Bayern still involved in the Champions League and Dortmund are not, and who knows, maybe we get another slightly less focused, slightly less committed Bayern performances around the quarterfinals, maybe near the semifinals, where it's going to be hard for players to, even Bayern players who have a strong sense of intrinsic motivation to say, oh, you know, it's Real Madrid in the semifinal. Ah, but first, you know, first it's Bochum or Freiburg. We have to really go for it. I think it's going to be interesting. And I wouldn't write off Dortmund's chances too 
too hastily, um, Bayern have uh, shown that they find ways of, of not winning the season. We should perhaps mention Benjamin Pavard briefly. He did score this uh, brace in the, the manner of a, of a real center forward. Uh, two volleys, some really good work. And also uh, a big turnaround in his uh, personal situation because not long ago, uh, I think it started before the World Cup and then after it carried on, there was a sense that his time at Bayern was up, that he needed a new challenge, that he wasn't going to renew his contract. But he's played so well uh, in recent weeks. And of course, Saturday really capped a fine few weeks of performances. He missed, of course, the PSG game uh, with suspension. That uh, both Bayern and the player are now thinking that they might renew their vows, uh, as it were, for um, yeah, for a bit longer. Um, let's let's see what happens there. What do you make of uh, uh, Cancelo's performance? Because he was playing again, he provide he he gave an assist in in fantastic fashion. A, a, a one of these ultra precise, super soft, super smooth crosses that he is uh, able to to play fun to watch uh, what do you make of him uh, of of it uh, that Julian Nagelsmann brought him on this time well this time he played in a more advanced role um as a wing back or even as a as a winger because Bayern had so much possession were quite high up the pitch and afterwards Julian Nagelsmann explained well of course he can't play in a in a back 3 um but in a in a four or Three plus wingbacks, it's a very different situation. And he was very happy to play him. And he couldn't understand why people were sort of questioning the uh, rationale behind Cancelo not playing or even Bayern buying him. I still think it, it leaves us with a bit of a question mark because Bayern don't really need another attacking wide player. They have a lot of depth there. Um, if you don't really trust Cancelo as a defender in a three, but that's your system, I'm not sure that leaves that much space for him. It was telling that he didn't play against PSG, which is the biggest game of the season so far, was the biggest game of the season up until that moment. Um, and Julian Nagelsmann explained in the pre-match confer uh, conference press conference that He had a heart-to-heart -heart with Cancelo and talked about some personal issue and they have a bit of shared history when it comes to losing a parent very early in their lives. But it all seemed sort of a lot of effort uh, to keep a player on site that is there for, for a loan, a deal for two and a half more months. But, you know, as long as he plays well and as long as Bayern are winning, then I guess it's not really that much of an issue. We have some other teams at, um, at the top of the table, probably not title contenders, but uh, contenders for places in, in the Champions League. And one was, uh, one is uh, RB Leipzig. And um, after their 3-0 win, against Borussia Mönchengladbach to the, the total dismay of our producer, York. Um, uh, we, um, we, we would like to explain uh, 
another phrase in our uh, series of learning Fußballdeutsch. Learning Fußballdeutsch with beer and honey. And that is die Weiße Weste, because um, RB Leipzig and their goalkeeper Blaswig kept a Weiße Weste. What is it, Raphael? It's a white vest. It's a spotless garment. It's the equivalent of uh, a clean sheet. And um, RB Leipzig have been defensively very good under Marco Rose. Before we go to that... Um, I mean, it's it's so interesting what kind of metaphors you have in, in in football, how you explain things, and how this is different in different countries. Because I I think um, um, the clean sheet in 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 English comes from the score sheet, uh, um, and, and so that that you don't concede it a goal. But this this concept of this spotless garment, this white vest. Is this very German? <laughs> yeah, I think it's only not the only country sort of obsessed with cleanliness and purity and, um, you know, this idea. I guess it comes back to sort of medieval times and wars where, you know, you'd come back from the battle with blood all over your outfit, <laughs> but then the, the very noble knights who just... Um, <laughs> It killed everyone uh, without getting getting hurt. Came back spotless. Um, I guess ah, that's the okay. that's okay. the implication. Um, white, of course, um, traditionally a color that signifies sort of nobility and purity in in Western Europe. But yeah, um, a, a white vest uh, for Leipzig because defensively they've really sharpened uh, and smartened up and uh, Marco Rose and really Gladbach it was one of those games where they didn't have a chance quite literally I would slightly disagree because they had a huge chance uh, with the penalty when it was nil-nil uh, um, that player didn't convert and and some minutes later he uh, fouled a player again fouled a leipzig player and caused a penalty on the other side of the pitch so a miserable day for the uh, the french alessandre player and um i i think it was more Borussia uh, Mönchengladbach looked decent for, for for quite a while but then uh, when they were one nil down Uh, things went downhill for them, and uh, probably they were not the the uh, the best proof of of form for RB Leipzig before their trip on Tuesday to Manchester, where they're playing in the Champions League. Uh, they got a one-one in the first leg. Are they? Are they? Ha I mean, they have a chance. Is it more than an outsider's chance? No, it's not. And yeah, I take it back. They they did have a chance, Gladbach, but over the course of the game, it felt as if it was a pretty much a foregone conclusion after a player failed to convert his penalty. Um, yeah, so Leipzig maybe still with a chance to be considered a proper Bayern Jäger. Uh, it is still seven points at the moment, the gap between them and third and Bayern in that first position. But as we said numerous times and won't tire of repeating, 
Bayern Dortmund coming up on the 1st of April and maybe, um, this is not Fußball Deutsch, but sometimes when two parties quarrel, a third can uh, take advantage and maybe that third one might be Leipzig or indeed Union because Union is still just about hanging on. They're in fourth, they're seven points adrift, but it feels as if rather than consolidating their position and still being in a Champions League spot, it feels as if they're stagnating or perhaps even regressing, Christoph, doesn't it? A 1-1 draw against Wolfsburg. They conceded late. They had scored late to begin with and conceded late. Silly goal, I think, in terms of defensive organization. Patrick Wimmer uh, scoring. And... This is now four games without a win for Union. Mm. Yeah, <clears throat> and you can add the uh, 3-3 against Union saint Loire in the... Uh, in the derby. <laughs> in the Union derby uh, between Brussels and B Berlin. Um, <clears throat> so they, they, were play, uh, they are playing in, in Belgium, uh, in Brussels uh, next Thursday to uh, get to the next round. Hopefully, um, of the Europa League. And they actually, they looked a bit tired in, in, in Wolfsburg. Yeah. And I think these many games and, um, it, it's, it's okay how, how they get through these weeks. Um, still, for example, not uh, having problems with injuries. This is very good how they deal. But you, you see, um, a lot of the players are not, not, not as fresh. As sharp as as good as you see them um, in in their best form, but but still, I mean, they got a point from Wolfsburg, and and still, it's Union Berlin. So I think you you have to not to measure them um, from where they have been before, because that has been miraculously uh, in a in a way. Maybe sometimes also a bit, um, they were a bit lucky. And, but now they produce decent performances, but not sensational, uh, performances. Maybe, maybe we could, we can put it like, uh, this. They were also a bit lucky in Wolfsburg and having a, a very good, uh, Frederick Grönau, the Danish goalkeeper. I, 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 I'm thinking that he is now belonging to the actually to the better goalkeepers, so the to the top goalkeepers um, in the Bundesliga. And uh, yeah, I, but 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 altogether, I think everybody at Union still is very very happy. And even if they slip out of these uh, Champions League places, uh, there will there won't be. A big frustration. Mm. Oh well, I'll be frustrated as a as a neutral. I think it'd be a shame if they weren't finishing in the top four. They still have a very good chance, of course, because it's between them and Freiburg at the moment. Frankfurt, after that draw, five points adrift, which is quite a lot considering that Frankfurt are still involved in the Champions League. We'll be back with another special edition for our supporters members, where we'll be taking a deep look back at the exploits of the German teams in the Champions League and indeed in the Europa League because there are big second legs coming up uh, with Union that we mentioned in Brussels with Freiburg taking on Juventus at home and uh, last but not least Leverkusen who travelled to Budapest on the back of that first leg 
win. Until such time, thank you very much for listening. Please remember to subscribe to our supporters membership club. Best place to go is to steadyhq.com slash en slash beer and honey. Uh, we're thankful, we're grateful for each and every one of you and we'll speak to you very soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Beer and Honey, the German football podcast.